Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Gathering all the information you would need to stay ahead of the curve on your crypto investments. Welcome to Thriller Rundown. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, around the road, gather around. It's time for another exciting episode of Thriller Rundown. Today is February 23rd, 2021, and we are talking the biggest story. <laughs> well, actually, it could have been the biggest story, but we dismantled a bomb. That's right. The tether bomb has been dismantled. We're talking about it at the top of the rundown. Let's do it. <laughs> So we've been following this story for probably about two, three years at this point. We did an early thriller podcast on it probably about three years ago. And uh, Tether has always been that nuisance that's been hanging on our shoulders here in the crypto and Bitcoin space. And finally, after this long, we finally reached a, a settlement, it seems. So the news came out today that the New York Attorney General's office here has did a probe into Bitfinex and Tether, and it ended with an $18.5 million settlement. Yeah, not that bad. And it was a closely watched case with a wide-ranging series of implications for the crypto market. We know if this had gone the other way, this could have seriously hurt um, uh, This could have seriously hurt a, a lot of people, uh, myself included, yourself. <laughs> this would have really crashed things, seriously. Uh, Tether has admitted no wrongdoing. I will provide reports on the reserve for the Tether uh, here in the next two years. But the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, said Bitfinex and Tether recklessly and unlawfully covered up massive financial losses to keep their scheme going and protect their bottom lines. Tether claims that its virtual currency was fully backed by U.S. dollars at all times was a lie. The settlement may help resolve one way or another a question that has long, you know, caused so much, um, you know, back and forth here. Say we really never got to the bottom of it. Right. And we, when we did our, our thriller podcast on it, we just it, our hands were up in the air. I mean, there was there was evidence both ways. So um, basically what, what ended up happening is the New York Attorney General sued Bitfinex and Tether nearly two years ago. Today, they settle for $18.5 million, which is basically a traffic fine, right? Um, they, have to, they have to admit to damage uh, here and that the seize all trading activities in New York State. Uh, for the next two years, they'll be also required to submit quarterly reports about how much money they have in their reserves, as well as how they're working to exclude New Yorkers from their services. The Attorney General has also mandated that Tether and Bifinex include information about transfers of funds along with verification that Bitfinex and Tether have appropriately segregated client reserve and operational accounts. Naomi Brockwell had a really good take on Bitfinex and Tether, and quite frankly, she has a little bit more insider information into what occurred before 
you know, this kind of went sour for, for Bitfinex when they created Tether. So take a listen. context uh, for people who are recent to the space or not really around when um, when the whole Tether FUD started. So Tether and Bitfinex, I mean, you've got to backtrack many, many years before crypto companies had any sort of banking relationship, right? And back in, you know, 2017 or earlier, you uh, it was really hard to have any sort of banking relationship. Banks were shut down all the time. As soon as someone found out you're involved with cryptocurrency, they'll just shut down. So it was very difficult. Like the reason Coinbase flourished is because they got a secure banking relationship and that really benefited them. Um, other places had to go through kind of proxies. Now, Crypto Capital was this very famous proxy, very kind of shady organization. No one really knows who runs it. Um, they've been uh, accused of fraud and all of these sorts of things. Uh, but basically, they were the proxy that like almost everyone in crypto was using. And so what they would do is they would set up all these shell accounts at bank accounts all over the world. Um, and uh, crypto companies would use them as their, their holding. Now, the reason that, that Bitfinex ended up with this $850 million hole was because uh, in Poland and in other places, law enforcement seized a bunch of crypto capital accounts. So Bitfinex literally lost all access to all of their funds. They weren't being charged with, uh, you know, fraud or, uh, money laundering or any of that. Um, they were just holding their money through this organization that everyone in crypto used to hold their money through and uh, and crypto capital had their funds stolen. So the fact that Bitfinex and Tether are run by the same people, I understand that it made sense for them to have that line of capital and say, listen, that's a tiny amount in Bitfinex's lifespan. We're going to be able to pay that back real quick. And so uh, they extended this line of credit and uh, and so Tether was uh, able to, to hold the fort so people could still get access to their money on Bitfinex. You know, there was no shutdown. People still had access to their accounts. Now, the issue is, is that Tether always um, said that it was backed one-to-one, -one, but they did change the language on their website. I think it was 2019. They said, we're backed by debt instruments as well. And I presume that is the um, the liability that they held where they gave the loan to, to Bitfinex. Um, but I think that, I mean, all this, like, that's just a bit of context for people, but it is super hypocritical when I think of the New York Attorney General going after Bitfinex, which I think was only like at, at its lowest point was like 75% collateralized is what they estimate. Um, when you have banks in New York City that are under 10% collateralized, and that's totally fine. And so they're saying, well, it's because they weren't transparent about the reporting. And I understand that. I think that's great. But I wish that New York Attorney General would be a little bit more consistent in like, if they don't like fractional reserve, then maybe go after some of the things that, that are doing it too. Like if this is an issue we should be talking about, let's talk about 
about it across the board, not just in the crypto space. And furthermore, Bitfinex wasn't even operating in New York. They're not allowed to, right? So they shut down uh, when the bit license came into play. So the fact that the New York Attorney General says they have the jurisdiction to go after Bitfinex, which isn't based in New York, it doesn't have New York customers apparently. I mean, I just think it's uh, it's a whole lot of crock and there's something else going on there with the New York Attorney General. If I rose in Crips, all got along, they probably got me down by the end of the song. Seem like the whole city go against me. Every time I'm in the street, I hear yak, 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 yak. Man down, where you from? Yeah, so it's pretty obvious what this was is what they've been doing, right? Regulatory wise, they went after BitMix. They went after Bitfinex. They're literally clearing out this whole space and they're trying to clear it out. They're trying to get rid of the old guard the way it was before this new institutional class gets in. They're trying to make way for an ETF and this is how they're planning on doing it. Crypto and Bitcoin very much was the Wild West before. This is how America rules the markets worldwide. This is how they do it. At the same break, stand with tank out. Now this is not a tape recorder saying that he did it, but that was since that day I was looking at him different. That was back when I was nine. Joey packed a nine. Pack a stand on every porch is fine. We adapt to crime. Pack a van with four guns at a time. What's the slide and but honestly, this could have went a lot worse. Uh, if, if this would have went the other way, <laughs> uh, gosh, uh, we could have saw Bitcoin implode. Uh, and then uh, who knows where that would have put Tether. And uh, at that point, Bitfinex would have went down and they're a very big exchange. And uh, yeah, it could have been way worse. This is actually good news for the space because this has been something that's been hanging over our head for a very long time. So I'm happy with this outcome. Um, we can kind of finally put this to rest. So with that, let's get into, that's right, five good minutes. So today in five good minutes, we're talking Bitcoin completed a 20% correction by the dip question mark. <laughs> I think you already know the answer to that. Uh, so we'll talk about the Bitcoin sell off here in the hard truth. But I want to talk about where Bitcoin is going because that's my favorite thing to do. So go ahead and get started with the timer. There we go. Um, so as you know, 20% is just a normal thing here in the market. This is not something to be afraid of. Uh, this is just normal for any kind of bull run that we have in Bitcoin. You can go back to years and years of bull runs past and you'll see a 20 percent correction all the time. Quite frankly, this 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 is not even that bad. We're already at 51 K already as it is. So um, this was a very brief um, dip. It, 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 this is what I'm saying. Like we are fast approaching 75 K here in march it's it's not even it's not even a question anymore um I, I think what we're seeing here is just a a correction that needed to be had uh there was there is so much absolute fud out there and like i said i'll talk about more about the uh the sell-off but uh, just if you just look out there there's so much fud 
that is surrounded by Bitcoin. Um, it, it's no wonder, <laughs> you know, some strong hands felt the need to sell some Bitcoin. Uh, I'm not surprised, but this is actually a good thing because we wanted to sell off here in February, right? And I think even if you go back to a week ago when we were talking about Bitcoin, I even kind of, you know, expected a sell off at some point here before we go into March. So this is actually good news. The fact that we sold off before we go into March is a great thing. So March turns out to be a very bearish month for for Bitcoin and crypto. Now, in most years past, March has always been um, not the best month for for Bitcoin and crypto, except for one year. Right. And that year was 2013. And and that happens to be the double top year. So (laughs) I I think what we're going to see this year is is a very similar like I've been saying, I think we're going to see a very similar year to 2013. I think we're going to see a very uh, exciting March. And I think we're going to see 75K. And like I've been saying, I think we're going to see this little dip here, which is fine. Just as long as just as long as we stay, you know, above 40K, we'll be fine. Now, if we drop below that, we have to hold 32K, right? Um, but I mean, I, I have a feeling we're not going to drop any, any more below 47, 44, 45. But if we do, we have to hold 40. If we don't hold 40, then we have to hold 32. And then it goes even lower than that. But honestly, ladies and gentlemen, we're already at 51K. Um, this is this is this was an opportunity to buy low. Uh, I, I bought some sats as soon as I saw it dropped up, you know, 47 today. I bought sats and then I bought some more this afternoon when I saw it go to 48. Um, I'll continuously buy some more sats um, as the year goes on. I really I really don't see the need um, to stop buying Bitcoin at this point. Um, there was a time where, you know, I think it was last year where I felt the need like, OK, let me diversify. But I think I think it was this year where it really clicked to me how urgent everything really has become, especially with what the Fed is doing Um here uh, um, with this $1.9 trillion they're going to additionally print, uh, especially with what Jerome Powell is doing, especially with what China is doing and, and their advancement and, and their RMB and and with their partnership with, um, with SWIFT uh, and that's going on. And then we have Jerome Powell again going on the offensive today, talking about how they're going to make a digital dollar. And that's priority number one, uh, he said today. So this is what I'm saying. Like, it's very important that um you have sats you know and you you keep those sats and, and you make sure you are able to you know buy any sats necessary whether it's a dollar or two dollars a day whatever you can afford because at a certain point you're going to be priced out of it right and, and you're not going to be able to buy two thousand sats for a dollar um i think it was sunday or i think yeah i think it was sunday where i think we we're at 58k and I think sats were at uh, 1700 or something like that. And I immediately thought, oh, my gosh, that's going so much lower so fast. And it, for a second, I had like a, a mini panic attack because I couldn't believe how 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 low sats were going per dollar. Um, it was literally like 1700 sats for a dollar. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like. I'm not going to be able to buy, you know, 2000 sats for a dollar at this point. Um, and that's what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, like it, 
at a certain point, um, it's really going to come to a head where sats are going to be so important, just any and every sat, right? So right now is a perfect opportunity to be picking up sats while you still can on the very cheap. And I know, I know you, you probably want a full Bitcoin and you probably want to, you know, go all in on Dogecoin or something. Trust me, it's not worth it. Uh, go into Bitcoin with whatever, you know, $2, $3, $5 a week, a day, whatever you can afford. Just make sure you're picking up sats any and every which way you can while you still can. Because when this dollar collapses and they move over to this new currency, and, and I have a feeling it's going to be the rim and B as a reserve standard or whatever they choose. I, who knows at this point, um, there's a lot of moving pieces happening very, very fast. And it looks like it's going to happen here in the next two years. You're going to want to be holding sats. You're going to be wanting to have that opportunity to move into whatever currency that suits you best. If you, if you have to, right. Uh, or you could just hold your Bitcoin. Um, having that kind of flexibility in that world just makes a hell of a lot more sense than holding a deteriorating dollar at this point. Um, right now we're, we're, we fell down 20%. We're in a bearish cross. This is going to continue down, right? So as long as we stay above 45, we'll be fine. Uh, look for the next trending up here at the beginning of March. I would say let's give us to probably about March 3rd, March 7th. I'll go ahead and release a Bitcoin in March on Sunday. That's going to be really interesting. I want you to take take a look at that when that gets released. So look for a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh for us to start running up. By the 15th, we should be at 70K. Into the 21st, we should be at 75. Um, so that's kind of where I see it. And uh, I don't think I'm going to be wrong. Okay, with that, let's get into... That's right, hard truth. Truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So today in the hard truth, we are talking about what is behind the Bitcoin sell-off. Now, when it comes to information like this, you have to remember there there really is never a a straight-on answer for this kind of stuff, right? We can all kind of speculate as a as an industry. We can all kind of uh, come to an understanding as to what it was. Uh, was it news? Was it FUD? Was there one individual? Uh, we can kind of point fingers as where, where it kind of happened. Um, but in, in any bull run, like I said in the, in the previous segment, you're going to see these pullbacks 10, 15, 20 percent. Um, this is going to happen in a bull run. So uh, when you see something like this, uh, I don't want anybody to to feel like, oh, oh my God, we're 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 closing in on a bear market. No, this is not how that happens. Um, I should also mention that if we ever do get to a bear market, um, you will know well ahead of time, <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's what we do here at at the premium. Uh, we will let you know ahead of time. We will probably know one or two months before everybody else, right? I'll, I'll let you know, you know, um, way ahead of time, right? I'll, I'll say, hey, this, this is this is probably where the bear market is coming, uh, right around this this date. Right now, it's way too early to even 
get into that kind of talk. Uh, it just is, right? We're, we're, we're closing in halfway, right? Uh, but we have way too much runway to go. Um, so we're not even there yet, right? Um, so we, we can't even have that conversation yet. Um, now, it, could there be something like, a, you know, aliens come down on Earth and <laughs> take over the world and we have bigger fish to fry? Yes, absolutely. Right. Could there be a, a total collapse of the world economy and, and that causes everything to fail? Yes, absolutely. Right. Could we go into like Armageddon with an asteroid or something? Yes, absolutely. But, uh, you know, without all those happening, uh, we will know <laughs> ahead of time. So, um, yeah, something like today, a 20 percent drop. To be honest with you, that's normal and that's a buying opportunity, uh, if anything. So let me kind of give you my take of where I see this kind of Bitcoin, Bitcoin sell-off happening. Um, and this is kind of what, what I think is going on. There's a lot of FUD going on in this space right now. You have a lot of people in, in, the, uh, in the Federal Reserve who are coming out of the woodwork, right? We have so many Federal Reserve chairmen uh, making CNBC requests like every other day. Uh, right. So we have somebody from Boston here recently going uh, to the New York Times on Friday saying, I'm surprised that Bitcoin has continued to flourish. Uh, last week, we had somebody from uh, CNBC. Uh, I think he was from Kansas City from the Federal Reserve talking about Bitcoin. Uh, so and then you have Jerome Powell again this week uh, talking about Bitcoin again. He says um, he's talking about the recent spike in Bitcoin. And uh, he says, well, you know, I, it's it's not a currency. Um, it, it, it has no reason to think that it's going to continue to go up. It's, it's a bubble. Uh, you also have Janet Yellen talking about Bitcoin and saying that it's used for illegal transactions. Uh, she's, she of course is with the treasury. Um, so you have all these people who have, uh, regulatory power who are very upset that Bitcoin is seeing a lot of, of, of spotlight right now and, 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 and rightly so, it should, right? Um, but it's at the detriment of them, um, right? So you have to look at it like this, right? Y you are somebody who's really popular for a very long time, right? And everybody loves you and, and everybody looks up to you and, and you're just, you make everybody's dreams come true because everybody wants you. Everybody wants to want you. Everybody just looks looks at you like, you're nothing better <laughs> than anything else in the world. People used to look at the greenback that way. People used to look at the, uh, the, uh, the uh, United States dollar that way. People aren't looking at the United States dollar that way anymore. People are looking at Bitcoin that way. So, of course, you have people like Jerome Powell, who's the Federal Reserve chairman, super jealous of Bitcoin success, right? That's how they used to look at him <laughs> and look at the digital dollar. People used to you know, uh, really, really kiss up to this guy and 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 think he was a genius uh, <laughs> for commanding this market and saving us. Right. Uh, and so same thing with Janet Yellen. She used to be the Federal Reserve chairman as well, too. And so she, they used to look at her like she was a genius and everybody, you know, wanted to kiss her ass, too, as well. And they wanted to they wanted the same thing that she had, the, the, the dollar. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're so used to that kind of um, that kind of love and affection <laughs> from everybody, right? But they don't have that anymore. No one wants them. No one wants the dollar anymore. 
the dollar is is overvalued. The dollar is going in the pits. Uh, the dollar is in, it's going to get inflated into oblivion. Um, and they know it and they're stressed out about it. That's why he went today in front of Congress and he said that a digital currency developed by the Fed is a high priority project for us. He said there is significant technical and policy questions, but we are committed to solving technology problems and consulting very broadly with public and very transparently transparently with all interested constituencies as to whether we should do this. Um, but the U.S. doesn't have to be first in issuing a digital dollar, but it needs to get it right. This is something that we're investing time and labor in across the Federal Reserve system. So, the, of course, they are trying to scramble for a digital dollar. The, the renminbi's right on their back. You know, the fact that the, the China just partnered with SWIFT, you know, really got them in gear, right? Uh, even more so now because, you know, China's digital yuan is going to be used globally. And, and and right now, Bitcoin's already, it's already, it can be used globally and it's a settlement layer. And, and so digital dollar, there there is, there is nothing the Federal Reserve has out there. Right. Other than these ERC-20 tokens that's on Ethereum. So what I'm trying to say is this is, is a lot of FUD coming from these federal regulatory agencies. They, they really don't want to see Bitcoin succeed. Now, will they ban it? Do, do they want to ban it? No, they don't. Because there, there is a large segment of Wall Street that is in love with Bitcoin at this point. And the vast majority of Wall Street has infiltrated the United States government. Now, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but a lot of us know <laughs> that the lobbyists control who gets uh, who who makes it into our government, right? So there is a lot of Wall Street lobbyists uh, that uh, that are able to get the people that they want elected, and they own them, and so. That's why we are seeing Bitcoin untouched, unscathed, because there's a lot of people um, that are going to make a lot of money with Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is not going to get touched, right? So they, so Jerome Powell and Janet Yellen, they can yell all they want, but Bitcoin is going to be untouched, unscathed. They don't have a choice. They, they, have to, they have to come out with their own digital dollar. And so what we're seeing here, ladies and gentlemen, is twofold, right? So you have people that believe the US dollar is supreme and that the United States will make a recovery and that the United States uh, will release a digital dollar and that'll take care of that and Bitcoin will go away and, and die and, and will go down and will trade around 25K for the rest of its life. There's people that believe that. There's people that, that actually think that's a thing. There's people that think that Bitcoin will just be another gold where it'll trade between 25 to 50K and that's the highest it'll ever get. There's people that think that. There's people like me and like some of y'all who believe that Bitcoin is inevitable, that people don't get it the way we get it, and that when you put Bitcoin against something that is fiat but digital, just like you have Ethereum's you know, shitcoin casino, uh, DeFi, where you have all these tokens just getting digitally printed out of thin air. All that does is increase the price of Bitcoin because all roads lead back to Bitcoin. 
So when you create a digital reserve currency, right, and you have that backed by a U.S. dollar, that's also fiat. What, what do you think that's going to do to the price of Bitcoin? It's going to increase that price. Now, temporarily, people will, will, will have to second guess. They'll be like, well, why would I hold Bitcoin if I can just use a digital dollar everywhere? Right. People will, will think that in the beginning. So they'll want that digital currency. But slowly and surely they will see that Bitcoin will hold its value over the longer term. And that's when the game is over. Because people will see that the digital dollar, even though it moves around the world and does all the cool things that they want it to do, it doesn't hold it doesn't hold its price. It doesn't hold its value. There is no reason to hold it if it's going to lose value to Bitcoin over the long term. So this is the problem that people haven't been faced with yet. But when that when that digital dollar does come out and people do start getting it, people will look at Bitcoin like, oh, it's game over for Bitcoin. You'll start seeing that on headlines. Everybody will say that it's game over for Bitcoin. That'll probably be the start of the bear market. Honestly, people will say, oh, it's game over for Bitcoin. Bitcoin's done. What is Bitcoin going to do? Bear market will come. People will say, oh, Bitcoin's over, blah, 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 blah. We'll go into a bear market for three years. And then all of a sudden people will realize, oh, wow, Bitcoin's not dead. And then it'll come back up. And this is when we'll hit, you know, a million dollars per coin. Because the same thing happens, like it always happens, where you have people just continuously creating fake money out of thin air. But this time it's digitally fake money, right? There's nothing backing it. And there's really nothing backing it (laughs) at this point. It's just Jerome Powell creating a fake economy on his computer, right? Like he's playing The Sims. It's a joke. And so this is what a lot of people are, are, are listening to. They're listening to these people because these are leaders of the free world. These are leaders of the United States. Of course, people are going to listen to them when, when they say that Bitcoin is worthless and Bitcoin doesn't have any value and it doesn't mean anything when a digital dollar comes out. Of course, they're, of course you're going to listen to them. But what they don't realize is they don't know anything. These leaders don't know anything. They have no idea how this technology works because they're not very smart and they're very old. They barely understand how email works, right? These are the people that got in their emails hacked that have gotten their, their whole, um, what was it? The, uh, the, the, their Homeland security hacked. Like these aren't very smart people and I'm not trying to make fun of them. It's just the truth, right? These are people well into their seventies, sixties. They probably shouldn't even be working anymore, unfortunately. Right. Because they don't understand technology, but they're making decisions that are going to last us generations. And unfortunately, they shouldn't be even having the job that they have. And so this is what leads us into these problems that result in years of frustration for a lot of us. And so all these interested uh, constituencies that Jerome Powell has are going to make sure that this reserve currency, that the digital dollar is going to get released here fairly soon. Right. And then then people will say it's game over for Bitcoin. Right. Because people believe them. It, it how, how could you not? It, it, it says the Federal Reserve, right? Of course, you're going to believe them, right? We're told to. But in, in reality, they have no idea what they're talking about. And they don't understand this stuff, right? Or nor do they understand hard money or understand the, the ultimate value of Bitcoin or have they even looked into it. 
And this is where a lot of the FUDs come into place, right? But 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 thank God you don't have to just look look at Jerome Powell or Janet Yellen. You can just follow the money, right? Because what are all the the uh, the rich one percent people doing, right? They're buying Bitcoin. What is the smartest man? One of the smartest men in the world, Elon Musk, doing, right? He he's buying Bitcoin. This this is this is all. That's as far as you need to look, right? Uh, to understand where this is going. Uh, you know, just follow the rich money and, and everything will be fine. You, it, 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 you really just need to buy Bitcoin and stop thinking. Right. So that's that's what I will say. Until, until you start seeing mass exodus from all the people that have been buying Bitcoin <laughs> up until now, um, until you start seeing the max exodus of that, you really shouldn't change your mind on any of this. Um, so, so when you see a mass drawback like this, it really is just FUD. And then there is probably one other person that probably dumped on us. His name is Chamath Patmataya. I can't pronounce his name, but he was, he's always on CNBC. But he tweeted on Sunday. He tweeted, I'm about to really fuck some shit up, just FYI. And everybody was wondering what that was. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's because he dumped a lot of Bitcoin onto the open market. He holds a lot. So... And then just here today, Square bought another 170 million of Bitcoin. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Everybody sees where this is going. We're we're barely in the we're barely like in the fourth inning of this bull market. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the to the bottom of the fourth yet. So, but we're we're still early, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. bringing the fire today <laughs> i don't know it's what happens when you go without water and power and internet for a week uh, you start realizing uh, how urgent everything really is <laughs> i start grabbing onto to life just the living uh, I, I will say that uh everything that we do here for this bitcoin space really is to change the world i know it doesn't seem like it and I know sometimes it might seem like we're falling behind, but in reality, what we're doing here with Bitcoin, what these Satoshis will do, is it really levels the playing field. And it levels the playing field for whoever wants to participate, right? So at the end of the day, when people are sitting there wondering, how do I get out of this despondency? How do I get out of this rat race called life? How do I get something better for myself and my family? How do I get out of this nine to five? It literally is as simple as stacking sats. You start stacking sats, you start doing little by little, and you start changing your life for the better. Okay, see you next time.